evening, and welcome to Get Real with Ralph. I am your humble host, Ralph Nudie. Coming to you live from the studios of AM 1050 WLIP in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and simulcast live across the globe from Kenosha to the Canary Islands and everywhere in between on our YouTube channel. Just go to GetRealWithRalph.com. That's GetRealWithRalph.com. Happy Independence Day, people. You know, this great nation is the reason I'm able to do this show right now. It's the reason I'm able to be on radio. It's the reason I'm able to speak my mind without fear of retribution from my government. Now, corporate America, (laughs) that's another story. Because, you see, corporate America can seek retribution against me for my speech. It's happening. It is the beginning of the slow slide, the slow erosion of our rights. Like a fish in a kettle getting warmed up a little at a time, we're getting used to losing our rights. Ladies and gentlemen, being a free thinker takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort. It is so much easier. It is so much easier to just go with the flow and just let things be because we want to go about our lives and let's face it our lives are already hard enough we're going to work every day bringing home that dollar to take care of the children put a roof over our heads food decent car to drive maybe maybe a vacation or two every year if we're lucky and hardworking and smart and now we have to start thinking about challenging everything all the time But it's what it takes, ladies and gentlemen. I don't care what kind of piece of media it is, whether it's something you're watching, something you're listening to, something you're reading, even pictures. It's time to start questioning everything. It's important that you join me on this, and if you need somebody to walk beside you when it comes to challenging everything, I'm your man. You can call here. You can can message me. You can tell me about all the areas in the world where you think we're being manipulated. Because that's what it's going to take, all of us together, or we're going to lose this amazing, amazing country that we all live in. So give America a birthday present today. Start thinking freely for yourselves. Again, I'm Ralph Nudie, and this is Get Real with Ralph. Good evening, Kenosha. Good evening, Wisconsin. And good evening, world. And welcome back to Get Real with Ralph. Thank you so much for tuning in, whether it's on the radio or GetRealWithRalph.com. And please, if you are on the internet listening, give us a little thumbs up and tell some other people about it and share what's going on. I've got some guests here in the studio with me today. I've got my usual crew of usual suspects, starting with the amazing Mr. James Selovich. Jim, how are you today? Doing great, Ralph. Doing fantastic. Understand you're down at the parade? Uh, yeah, doing the parade. Uh, I did it for uh, the little PA work down there for the parade, and also uh, you'll, you'll find it on uh, the local cable, uh, the uh, channel, I think, Channel 14. 
What was the coolest thing you saw today? I missed it for a change. Oh, you know, the floats were amazing. Uh, Snap-on had this float that was just unbelievably great. Uh, but the rain kind of put a little damper on things today, so it was uh, a little rain. You know, I want to see a lot more right at the finish line, too. So as soon as they get to the finish line, a lot of people dropped out because of the, because of the weather and, and things and such. And there's some really cool cars as well. I, I, I love the old cars. Mm-hmm. I do, and, and especially the old AMCs. Yes, you yeah, know, they the had all the AMC cars. I saw the Matador. You know, that took me back. I'm old. That took me back. I mean, and I saw a pacer. I'm like, holy cow. If you're, tuning, if you're tuning in from outside of the Kenosha area, uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin is, is uh, where we're broadcasting from, and mm-hmm. it was the home of American Motors Corporation, which uh, was right neck and neck with the mm-hmm. uh, big three for a time there. Oh, yeah. And uh, these aren't exactly the, uh, the most... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They weren't the most spectacular vehicles ever manufactured. They're pretty basic, but except for like they're you know, cool. Like the Javelin, oh the AMX, the AMX, the AMX is still my These favorite muscle, muscle cars car. and muscle yeah. cars. I mean those those are classics. Yeah, as muscle cars go, you, can, mm-hmm. you can't get much better than the AMX. And your car from a car family too, so you know. Oh yeah, you know all these cars, and I, I met the man who actually designed the Javelin once. Really? Yeah. How cool! I, I, it was really neat. He goes, you know, oh yeah, I worked at the, you know, AMC for years. Oh, yeah, well, I was a designer. I designed the Javelin. I'm like, oh my god, let, me, got, sh- let me shake your hand. <laughs> I've got another uh, regular guest, regular WLIP guest here today, Steve Samanovich, who is also from the Kenosha area, and he's a little bit of a horse expert. So uh, I guess we'll have to ask you some horse questions later on. And uh, so, Steve, welcome to the program. How are you? How you doing, Ralph? Uh, just wanted to say one thing. Thanks for having me on. Number one. Number two, that intro, that intro was awesome. It was kind of like um, Good Morning Vietnam, <laughs> and I had Reservoir Dogs floating in my head with that song. That <laughs> Every time I hear that song, wow. Michael Madsen. I know, with that <laughs> look Doing a little dance, you know, yeah. then he, uh, he folks got it in the razor blade. Yeah, I'm not going to get too descriptive <laughs> on air, but. Uh. You know, the song just happened. I, I happened to cross it right before we were going to do our first episode here on WLIP, and I thought, oh, clowns to the left and me jokers to the right. That's that's about what it is mm-hmm. right now in, mm-hmm. in our political landscape. Everybody wants to play team sports as opposed to Team America. And uh, I, you know, it, it, it's crap. And it's gotten worse. And I, I imagine, through, in fact, not even imagine, if you look throughout our history, there have been other times where it has gotten worse and then it has resolved itself and it has gotten worse and it has resolved itself. And, you know, when we come to times of national crises, uh, we, we tend to forget about some of these crazy pet projects on either side just pull together all the things that we have in common but you know sometimes things are too good for too long and i think the human the human mind looks for discourse almost and we just have to be aware of that and and pull back because now it's i see it spiraling out of control what do you think yeah i think uh well right now it's it's a it's 24 our news cycle, so it's a little bit different than it was when we were in high school. Sure, yeah, the evening news, and that was it. Twitter now, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook's kind of like dying. You know, uh, everybody goes on Twitter or Instagram. Well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about those. We're gonna, we're gonna talk, talk about talk those about companies about that. <laughs> big time. You know, um, one of the things that a lot of people, I'm sure, are already aware of is that Google is perhaps the most powerful company on the planet, and possibly. In the history of the world, as far as uh, powerful companies, and and I don't say that lightly. Yet Google doesn't seem to be able to, or isn't willing to protect our children from viewing harmful content. And 
I find this I find this disturbing because Google says that they they, they don't want to censor in general uh, but that they are able to catch filters to keep objectionable content from our children and 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 then they don't and uh, there are some questions asked of uh, Google executives on on Capitol Hill and uh, we're going to grab a soundbite here because uh, I want you to hear the setup and then I kind of want to uh, add my two cents worth and this is kind of kind of build because this is going to build on something else I'm talking about but here it is Google you know really being called on onto the carpet for not being able to keep harmful material from children go ahead Jim thank you Senator Sullivan Senator Markey thank you Mr. Chairman very much um, YouTube is far and away the top website for kids today research shows that a whopping 80% of 6 through 12 year olds 6 through 12 year olds use YouTube on a daily basis but when kids go on YouTube far too often they encounter inappropriate and disturbing video clips that no child should ever see in some instances when kids click to view cartoons and characters in their favorite games they find themselves watching material promoting self-harm and even suicide in other cases kids have open videos featuring beloved Disney princesses and all of a sudden see a sexually explicit scene. Videos like this shouldn't be accessible to children at all, let alone systematically served to children. Mr. Harris, can you explain how, once a child consumes one inappropriate YouTube video, the website's algorithms begin to prompt the child to watch more harmful content of that sort? Uh, yes, thank you, Senator. Uh, so. If you watch, all right, we're still there. So we uh, we we wanted to cut that off. So so the answer comes in that um, really there just isn't anything. These algorithms are picking up and just feeding these children what it thinks they want. But why? Why is it that it thinks they want material that is harmful to them, unless 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 of course there's some subversion. Some, some subversion going on. And you might think, Ralph, that sounds crazy. <clears throat> if Google was able, if Google was able to do this 100%, it would, of course, do it. It's just, it's just not possible. And you can go ahead and, and feel comfortable with that thought and, and, of course, police your kids online regardless. Okay, you need to do that. Or you can't just be letting your children have carte blanche on the Internet. The, the, the amount of material that can... can can skew their, their worldview in a negative way, you know, from, from drugs to sexual activity to you name it, it's, it's out there. And these young minds can't handle it. They, they really can't. And YouTube's argument is we just can't do it. Now, Google gets an exemption, all right? One of the things that you guys need to understand, Google gets an exemption from the federal government where it's considered a portal and not a publisher, and therefore it is not responsible for the contents that are being published on it because Google doesn't edit its content, okay? They just, it's just there as a portal, hmm. which would make sense if that really was in fact what they were doing and they weren't manipulating their algorithms. However, here's the kicker. Google is manipulating its algorithms when it comes to political speech. Yes. Mm -hmm. Google is manipulating its algorithms to tell a narrative. And uh, we're going to go into something that is so scary that it, it's taken a while to develop. And I know this is a little dry, folks. 
But Google is out to make sure that they are able to pick the winners and losers in our political system as an instrument of propaganda. And so we got another clip, and this is going to hit on, on that as well. And YouTube is part of Google, ladies and gentlemen. So if you heard them talking, YouTube, Google, they're interchangeable. Google owns YouTube. Uh, go ahead and r roll the second clip, Jim. Ms. Stamphill, um, a lot of Americans have concerns that big tech media companies, and Google, Google in particular, this is Tom, This is Ted Cruz, by the way, and he's and interviewing a... Um, uh, Executive As you know, Google enjoys a special Google, immunity from liability uh, her, under Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. There's that exemption I was telling you about. The predicate for that immunity was that Google and other big tech media companies would be neutral public fora. Neutral Does Google folks. consider itself a neutral public forum? Thank you, Senator. Yes, it does. Okay. Um, are you familiar with a report that was released yesterday from Veritas uh, that included uh, a whistleblower from within Google, that included videos from a senior executive with, at Google, and then included documents that are purportedly internal PowerPoint documents from Google. Yes, I heard about that uh, report in industry news. Have you seen the report? No, I have not. So you didn't review the report to prepare for this hearing? So we're supposed to believe that. It's been that a busy day, and I have a She's being questioned about a report she knew she was going to be questioned about, but Google. it's so not I'm within the purview sure of her job. Sorry, this, this hearing is impinging on your day job. It's a great opportunity. Thank you. I really Well, one of the it. things in that report, and I would recommend people interested in political bias at Google watch the entire report and judge for yourself, uh, there's a video uh, from a woman, Jen Janai. It's a secret video that was recorded. Jen Janai, as I understand it, is the head of, quote, responsible innovation for Google. Um, are, you, are you familiar with Ms. Janai? I work in user beep, experience, beep, and beep, I believe beep, that you hear backpedaling here. somebody we worked with. Well, yeah, you know, I, I've kind of heard of her. She's, company, she's in our company. And I don't work directly with so Jen. I don't do, do you know I'm, her or no? I do not know Jen. Okay. As I understand it, she is shown in the video saying, and this is a quote. Here's the big part. Uh, Elizabeth Warren is saying that we should break up Google. And like, I love her, but she's very misguided. Like, that will not make it better. It will make it worse. Because all these smaller companies who don't have the same resources that we do will be charged with preventing the next Trump situation. Cut the tape right there. Google is going to be charged with preventing the next Trump situation. Ralph, I saw that. I saw that. <clears throat> Ralph, I saw that video. Yeah. Um, the James, Project Veritas video? Project Veritas. Yeah. By the way, James O'Keefe is like a hero of mine, by the yeah. way. But, and um, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you go to our uh, YouTube channel, it might not be on there yet today, but if you go to this episode on the YouTube channel tomorrow, I'll have links to all the uh, underlying material here, the uh, actual interviews, the, the Project Veritas video, which you cannot find on YouTube because it keeps getting taken down. Okay, but to, right. to the credit. So yeah, go on. I, I saw the video, and um, I mean, it was, it was really telling. I mean, Ted Cruz pretty much nailed it here. And, you know, if anybody out there that hasn't seen the, the clip, um, I mean, you can find it really, well, ironically on YouTube, right? Is it on there? You can Google it yep. and YouTube it. And it's, it's very, uh, it, it's troublesome. It's basically um, a biased attempt by uh, a, a, a multi-billion dollar company to 
sway our next it, election. It's so much deeper than that. Right. So if I'm if I hate Donald Trump, if I am a you know I'm a Democratic voter who hates Donald Trump's guts, should I still be disturbed by this? Yes, of course. Yes. Why? Because it can come right back at you. It can go the other way. I, I and, wanna... and your personal freedoms and other things. What? Forget just that. Okay, so here's what Google's doing, and it's in the Project Veritas. You, When you put in search terms and you start to search, it completes that search for you. Based on the most popular searches, that's at least what we've been conditioned to believe. Those most popular searches are no longer the most popular searches. They are the results Google's determining as algorithm will sway opinion. So now you have an entire huge propaganda piece that can manipulate. For example, they use in the Project Veritas video, they, they put the words men can and it would pop up, have babies. If they put women can, the first result was do anything. They are... They're telling you what questions to ask, and you have very young minds. If you think about this, I mean, this it's brainwashing and propaganda completely. And they can sway an election. They can, they can make you believe that you are so far in the out of mainstream thought. They can make you feel so ostracized, and that peer pressure is so powerful on people who are trying to think for themselves that they can literally stamp out dissent, dissent of thought, because everything is powered by Google right now. For the first time ever that I can think of, I agree with Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> I agree with Elizabeth Warren. Break it up. Who the hell does Google think they are that it's their job to prevent anything? The voters of the United States pick our president, not CBS. Not NBC, not ABC, not C certainly not CNN, not Fox, not me, not talk radio, and not Google. Now, Google has been granted this exemption, and you heard Cruz talk about it, where they are not held responsible for the content published on their platform because they are just a platform. They are not an editor. So, for example, Steve, if you were to publish an article that was slanderous toward me in the Kenosha News or the New York Times. Follow me through. The newspaper itself can be sued. You get that? I got it. Okay. Jim, Yes. if you go and you post it on a blog post about me through Blogger and uh, it gets optimized, uh, Google's algorithm optimizes it. So when you look up Ralph Nudie, the first thing they see mm -hmm. is that piece of trash you wrote about me, sir. Right. Um, Google can't get sued because they have an exemption because they're not a publisher. Wow, it's insane. That is an incredible amount of power to give a company for them to abuse it because now they're deciding that they might have to prevent the people from being too stupid and picking the wrong leader. You know, there are other people that have had those thoughts before that people aren't smart enough to pick their own leader in any way, shape, or form. Karl Marx comes to mind. Chairman Mao. Um, hmm, on the, on the far, you know, on the other side, Adolf mm -hmm. Hitler, Fidel Castro, and now Google. So basically, Ralph, when you're searching for something on Google, what's going on is, I mean, we all know what search engine optimization is. So you put a keyword in or something that you want to look up. Correct. And 
there are going to be slanted uh, content. Correct. There's going to be slanted search results that make you feel. I mean, these algorithms are designed to make you feel what's most popular is what's coming up. So now you are, oh, Steve, you're in the minority. Don't you know you're not? You're not with the rest of us. The rest of us think that it's absolutely fine that these Martians are building colonies in our country. You're, you are tra- uh, trans-world-phobic here, all right? You, you are hateful of Martians. Hateful, Steve, that you would not let them descend from their saucers and start building domes over the, uh, the desert in, the, in, get in a, the middle of New Mexico. Can I, can I get a I T-shirt mean, and uh, print that? I mean, <laughs> and every, by the way, everybody else agrees with us. You're the only, you're the only one out there. That's the type that's the kind of crap that has what playground bullies do. Google's doing that to us. It's manipulation. It's absolute manipulation. Yep. And I don't know how we stop it other than breaking. You know what? I'm a libertarian. I don't like the, the government intruding too much on private business. But I'll tell you what. Teddy Roosevelt is a hero Love Teddy for, tr- for for bringing the all of the antitrust legislation to the forefront, so that when a company becomes so big that it thinks it's going to choose our leaders, it can get broken up, or it can when a company is so big that it can affect entire supplies, it can have a monopoly, it can control public policy. Private companies are not supposed to do that. You're supposed to be able to make as much money as you want. And have as much power as you want within reason until your power is infringing on the rights of, of other people's sovereignty. That's what that's all about. And here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. If you hate Donald Trump and you think, good, Google is pure and they're kind and they're just and they're just making sure that these Neanderthals don't pick a president we hate again because we we need good things to happen. And you believe that. And you believe they're doing the right thing. Let's stipulate, let's say they are picking the right side. I, I don't think they are, but let's say they are. Okay, That's this year. What about 10 years from now when they have a different board of directors, a different CEO, and they decide that they want to install a president in the U.S., maybe a prime minister in another country, all that are going to be aligned with whatever their agenda is for continued world domination or whatever it is that they happen to think their agenda is when it's different people. Then what? What about when they come for you? And that's you, you can no longer have this win-at-all-cost mentality in our political system because if you do, you're going to be stuck without one someday. Mm-hmm. Someday it's going to be you that's getting marched off to a gulag, and you're going to say, but wait a minute, wait a minute. I was down I was down with the Muslim cause. I was down with the gay cause. Well, guess what? The two of them are right out with each other. What about when one of them is the prevailing one, and uh, they're going to execute the others? Do you want to be caught in the crossfire of that? Free thought, independent thinking, freedom. These are really, really important things, and they're being taken from us, and we're being manipulated. And I don't see how we can come back from it. All right. How do you fix it, Steve? Well, I think education is, uh, we got stupid people these days <laughs> i'm lack of a better word how do, how do you know how do you and i jim I mean, how do we in this room how do we fix it 
Uh, I know you, you've had a personal experience here. You've been banned from Facebook how many times? Ah. Uh, Three, four, four, four or five times. I mean, you're almost like a Facebook criminal at this point, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, it's a joke. When yeah. when I bust out, I put a meme out there, and everybody's like, congratulations, you're back. But, you know, it's it's not that I, I, I got banned, okay? I mean, people get banned. They, they say, all the time. They say are... bad things all the time. Mm-hmm. It's I didn't even say anything bad. Um, I You know how you, see, you scroll on Facebook and you mm-hmm. see videos? So there's a bar fight on there. You know, uh, it's nobody I know. It's just a video. Right. And I comment on it, um, white trash in orange. Mm-hmm. It was uh, ouch. I know Caucasians. I'm Caucasian. Ouch. ouch. Bar Still fight. Ouch. Right. Somebody got hit in the head with a bar bottle. Mm. And I just said, man, you know, I'm thinking in my head, you know, square up, you know, be one on one fair. So I say white trash in orange, and I get suspended. Hmm. And I get thrown in Facebook jail, and I I try. You can't get a hold of anybody. No, you see, no. I, that's, that's I, the here's thing. A, here's they're, the way I look at it. They're faceless. I'm sorry, Steve, but that was a dumb thing to say. It was. <laughs> I, you know, you say a lot of good things, but here's the thing: you have the right to say dumb things, and that's the point. If they're not a public, because Facebook enjoys the same exemption, they're not mm-hmm. a publisher. They're a portal. I thought I was telling the truth. I mean, if they are not a publisher, is it just and, is it just the words? White trash. Well, they, and they called it. They called it hate speech. White trash is considered hate speech. Listen, and I tried to tell them, look, I'm white, and these guys fighting in the mm-hmm. bar were white. Right. So what happened was, I get off, I get out of jail after 30 days. I post, I take a uh, snapshot of my mm-hmm. offense. I post it on Facebook. I'm like, look at this. This is why I got kicked off. And everybody's like, oh, I can't believe that. Mm-hmm. They boot me again oh. for 30 days for posting that. I'm going to say something that is probably going to be really unpopular. Hate speech is constitutionally protected. End of story. You might not like what somebody says. You might not like that somebody says something bad about you. I don't happen to like the song Short People. But Ralph. Okay, but here's the deal. You have all of these portals, all of these providers that suddenly want to ban hate speech. How do you determine what hate speech is? My and point. there is nothing, there is nothing in the First Amendment that says speech is guaranteed except hate speech. What's now, the definition of hate speech? Correct. Which, it's uh, ambiguous. Do we have words that we're going to pick and choose here? It's subjective. White trash? It's subjective. I'm, I'm talking watch, about a, a, Listen. Even, I, even, even white trash calls themselves white I, trash. Listen, I hate racism, okay? And I hate racists. But if some dumb SOB out there wants to use a hateful word to describe somebody else, let him show his ignorance. That's his problem. Right. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to like it, and that doesn't mean that he shouldn't be ostracized. And when I complain but about that's it, that's life. I get kicked off again. Correct. Well, this project, I no say. this project Veritas thing has been stripped from YouTube. I'm wondering if my show is going to be on YouTube once they find. I mean, thank God, right now, you know, you know, there's 12 listeners, and hopefully none of those yeah. 12 report me. But maybe someday in the future, they'll come back and listen to this. Are they going to pull it off because we insulted them? We hurt their feelings. Might be. I was thrown for a loop. I, I was shocked. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, you just know what's right and what's wrong and what you can't say on, right. on social media. So I got that down. But when I get that curveball, I'm like, whoa, what can I say now? You know? So you've got all the censorship going on. And then they actually have the audacity to tell us they can't protect our children. They can't police, they can't police the Internet. 
They tell us they can't talk about the biggest load of crap doublespeak you have ever heard in your life. They can't protect our children from objectionable material. But, Steve, they're going to protect the world from you and your white trash comment. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you know what? I am glad that my 11-year-old son is protected from the likes of you. He can. I'm, I'm, he, a, I'm a monster. I'll, you know, he can, he, he can look up all the damn porn he wants. But at least I know he's safe from you. Pretty twisted, wouldn't you say, Jim? I would say it is. I mean, it's, you know, who is home to tell you what you can and can't do? And, and and who are they? Any, again, they're faceless. faceless. We don't we have no idea who they are. Well, there's not a phone number. There's not a no. direct email. You yeah. could like, you know, they need to get called on the carpet. And, and, and they keep throwing a bunch of crap on there that I don't want to see. All of you, you out there, need algorithms or this or well, that. Here, here, you need here. to call your congressman. You need to call your senators. You need to call your state assembly people. You need to start telling them Google needs to be broke up. It has to happen. Mm-hmm. Facebook, and he's, you know, they have to decide whether they're going to censor or not censor. They cannot be given the same exemption from our government. Our government is setting up our own demise by allowing this mm-hmm. to happen. It has. If you're out there, don't just listen like you casually listen mm-hmm. to talk radio and think, well, you know, that's a shame. Do something about it. I'm doing something about it. I got my little bully pulpit here. There's a reason I'm doing this. This isn't the sexiest conversation I've ever had on the radio waves, and I'm sure 30 years from now it may be one of the least remembered unless this becomes the moment where a bunch of us do something. Well, I think this is the, just the beginning, and I think we're touching on it now, and I think you're going to hear more about this. People you know, speaking out against Google and YouTube and Facebook and, you know, they're just being inundated with all this you know, junk. The well, technology is out there for a great competitor ro- to come robo- along and usurp them. They just need to be all oh, robocalls. Robocalls. I, oh. I get phone. I get calls all the time about insurance, health insurance, health insurance, right, over and too. over. And I, you and, know, um, prefer- car warranties. Yeah, uh, one for uh, a, a hotel chain. Oh, you stayed at this place. Blah blah. blah. Uh, you get a free night. I'm like, great. Just tell me where where I can. Oh no, we have to do this. I go, well. Have you ever got the guys from India that tell you they're with the IRS and they're going to send the sheriff's no, department right that, to your right to your doorstep? That was oh, also two years no. ago. That, but but I'm <laughs> I, I'm getting you know I'm on. I a, stand on the phone with them. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm on the no call list. Yeah, which it doesn't, doesn't do any doesn't good. Matter. It doesn't. I mean, matter all these all. robocalls I'm getting over and over and over. You know, and they're using different phone numbers. And think about these no-call These no-call lists are a bunch of crap. You know what they do? They hurt small businesses. If you're an insur- a real insurance agent, mm-hmm. if you're a real estate agent like I am, if you're uh, you know, somebody who is just making phone calls to do your job, mm-hmm. you're subject to all these rules. In Wisconsin, you have a state licensing fee you have to pay. You've got to pay the federal government. You have to have the list. If you screw up, you're in trouble. And while you, as a small business person, are legitimately calling people that really aren't going to be that upset if you call them because you're not a scam artist. Right. Meanwhile, these robocalls are pounding scam artist calls to these people with zero accountability and mm-hmm. zero repercussions. Is there any recourse for this? I mean, The phone companies are shrugging their shoulders, too, saying we don't know where the calls are coming from. And the truth is they have the technology they to stop it. Out. But you're but, on the new do but not they call list, Jim. Yeah, I'm on the do not call list. No when I had my... The do not call list only matters to small law-abiding businesses. Most of these calls are coming from out of the country, mm. uh, from scam artists well, who I'll don't go, care well, if you're on the list I'll, I'll talk to them on the phone. And, you know, uh, let me talk to them. You know, just that. I start talking to them. I said, well, you know, let me talk to your supervisor. Click. Hang up. Well, we had procedures. Like well, I, I told the guys in India, I says, hey, guys, hey, you know, thank you for helping me being concerned about my taxes. Mm-hmm. Hey, do me a favor. You're... Uh, can you look outside your window? 
And he goes, what? What What do you mean? And we look at your window. I said, look up in the sky. You see the little die? That's a predator drone ready to drop something right on your head. And I hung up on him. Oh, they're be, terrible. Be, be careful. I know. Be I know. careful what you're saying. I know. I know. But yeah, I, I, was, know. I, I was I was so it. angry. Oh, I, I, was I so don't angry. even answer my phone. So any of my friends call me. If I, if you're not in my phone list. The guy's telling me that. Uh, with, a, with an ID, I don't answer the phone. Well, when I had the Allstate office, they, you know, it was drilled in my head, $10,000 fine. Mm-hmm. You know, you call these people on a do not call list. So they're out of the country, you're seeing these people? Well, what about yep. this car fact? Well, I'm not on the do not call list. It I doesn't matter. Them. It I doesn't need... matter. The do not call list only protects you from the most legitimate of businesses. Think about that. Mm. It's kind of like That's insane. It's kind of like gun laws. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. You know, it, uh, it is only protecting you from the law abiding. Right. <laughs> right. The do not, not call list not is crook. only protecting you from the legitimate businesses that would like to call you and offer their services. All right, when we, come out, uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to have a, a short discussion on this constitutional gerrymandering decision, and we're going to introduce our musical guests. I'm Ralph Nudy. You're listening to Get Real with Ralph on AM 1050 WLIP Kenosha and at GetRealWithRalph.com. And we're back on Get Real with Ralph on AM 1050, WLIP in Kenosha, Wisconsin, across the globe via our YouTube channel at GetRealWithRalph.com. Little Neil Diamond there for you, America. You know, funny little fact there that uh, I found out from Mr. Salovich here on this date in 1976, Neil Diamond's house was raided by the police. Looking for marijuana. Looking for that ganja. And they found some, didn't they? They found less than an ounce. Less than an ounce. Neil Diamond got his house rated for less than an ounce. Boy, we've come a long way since 1976, haven't we? America. America. That's right. So um, I wanted to touch on one more one more subject on the uh, on, on some of the current events that are going on, and then I'm going to introduce our musical guests who uh, you're going to be really pleased with us, uh, David Eckert and Rachel Smith. But uh, this week, the Supreme Court ruled on the gerrymandering case. Very interesting case, very interesting ruling, and uh, I've heard a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of people very upset about uh, the Constitution, or I mean, the uh, Supreme Court ruling in favor of the way things are. And so, I want to clarify what this means for those of you that don't know what it's all about. And here's what it is: gerrymandering is unfair. End of story. It is. The Supreme Court, however, doesn't view that it has the power to change it. That needs to be done in state legislatures and in the federal government with the rules. It has been going on since the beginning of our Constitution as we know it. And the who's ever in power always draws the districts to try and uh, get a little bit of a competitive edge. And, of course, like everything else in our political system, the team sports thought process of winning at all costs has gotten out of hand, and we need to change it. However, it's not the Supreme Court's job to change it. And just like I didn't agree with the Obamacare bill, and they decided there because Justice Roberts stepped up and said, we're not going to undo what the legislative body did and a president signed into law. We don't have a second power of veto over laws just because the people don't like them. 
that's our system. Enough of my rant for today. Unless you got something you want to jump in there with. Steve. Yeah, uh, Ralph, I want to. Well, first of all, gerrymandering. It, it nobody likes it. Nobody unless likes it. Affects it affects the the yeah. other. And they've the been ping ponging this back and it. forth since the beginning of time. Uh, the other thing uh, you touched on Obamacare. I think I think it's important to understand that you know Obama did call it, uh, or did say it wasn't. It wasn't a tax, and Justice Roberts did indeed call it a tax. Because the, the text, the text of the law made it a text, and it doesn't matter what a politician says with his lips. Okay, What matters is what the text of the law says, and it was, in fact, a tax, and they had the right to tax us. And I don't like it, and you don't like it, but the, the way to change it is to go back to, and, and call your congressman if you don't like something and get it changed on both sides. This gerrymandering thing stinks. You can't be mad at the Supreme Court about it. We've got to start using our heads, using our voices, speaking up and paying attention to things besides just the presidential election as some sort of beauty contest. Because that has very little consequences if we're already aware of everything else going on in our world and aware of the consequences of taking action. Because every time you do something, there's unintended consequences. People just need to think things through. You hit it right on the head, and like Joe Biden said, I'm, I'm out of time. <laughs> All right, in the studio we have our, our musical guests. We have uh, David Eckert and Rachel Smith. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. Good. You gotta you gotta get really close to talk to that yeah, microphone yeah, there when you're talking. But guys, All right, well we're doing pretty good. How about, how are you doing? Good, good. <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Are you from here in Kenosha? Well, I'm from Silver Lake now, Salem Lakes, Wisconsin. All right, well, that's, that's the area. I myself am from Summers, so I pretty much grew up, was born and raised there my entire life. How long have you been playing together as a duel? Uh, a little over six years. Gotcha, gotcha. Is it just the two of you? Do you have a larger band that you play with? or It's just the two of us right now. We're currently looking for a drummer. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I'm a mean tambourine player, but <laughs> I can't get past that. So... Uh, is this your is this your full time gig? Do you also uh, you support yourselves like in sales like all the rest of us that are in the arts or how, how does how uh, well? I mean, I have a day job at Amazon. Gotcha. All right. Uh, I'm a bar manager at Route 20 in Sturdivant, Wisconsin. Awesome. And uh, how often do you guys get to play out? Uh, we pretty much just do open local mics in the area, like Fusion, Sazzy B's, Rustic Road, wherever we can go. Gotcha. Where are you playing next? Uh, Maybe probably Rustic probably Road. Rustic Road tomorrow night. <laughs> All right, great. Rustic Road tomorrow night in Kenosha, if you like what you're hearing tonight. And here it is, uh, Dave Eckert and Rachel Smith. What are you going to play for us? Uh, well, the first song is going to be called Choice. All right, let's hear Choice.
Very nice. Love it. Thank you guys wrote that? Who wrote it? Uh, well, I started what? writing it. And then he wrote it on guitar, the and I just wrote a bass line, too. Very we just cool. kind of play off each other's stuff. Is that, yeah. is that normally your guys' process when you're writing your songs? And somebody just comes up with a concept idea, then I the other one just yeah. kind of plays <laughs> along a little bit, add a little something to it? Like, yep. one of us will be on guitar in the other mm -hmm. room, and then, you know, one of us will grab another instrument and just oh, very cool. run it and like, wait, I got it. <laughs> Right. What What's your inspiration for songs? I mean, where, where do you guys? Uh, life. Okay. Books. Life in general. Uh, taking personal experiences, but kind of put taking yourself out of the situation and making it a storytelling version. Nice. Nice. So, um, what are you gonna play for us next? We got four. Uh, we got three and I, a half minutes. I saw that's why I figured I'm uh, just gonna. Get, well, I figure we got just enough time to get you guys in before the break here. Sisters in the Moon. All right. Got it. Yeah. All right. So they sound a little bit. Who doesn't love Stevie Nicks? All right. Now bring this down by you so you got it too. Thank you. There it is. Love that squeaky sound. All right. <laughs> Go for it, guys. All right.
We're back on Get Real with Ralph at the studios of AM 1050 WLIP and simulcast across the globe at GetRealWithRalph.com on our YouTube channel. A little American woman, probably one of the most anti-American American anthem songs of all time. Protest song. Protest song. You know, from the Canadians. From the, yeah, eh? Yeah. <laughs> the Canadians didn't like that statue, eh? Yeah. One of the coolest songs ever written, even if you don't agree with anything in it. That's what I love about Burton, music. Burton, music transcends thought. Burton Cummings, though, one of the greatest vocalists ever. Absolutely. It's way amazing. So in our studio here, we have David Eckert and Rachel Smith still. And um, they're going to take it away with one last song. And uh, then we're going to contemplate some of life's other questions. Mm. Like... Some Mick Jagger in the news. All right, so David and Rachel, what are you going to play for us next? Uh, this next song is an original I wrote called Rusty Razor. Rusty Razor. And here's the rusty microphone caddy. Like there you go. That, that is not a Halloween sound effect, folks. All right, Rachel, you're all set. Take it away. Thank you.
Outstanding. Thank you. That, that's an original. Yeah. What was the uh, inspiration for that? Uh, it's pretty much based off of being in depression and okay. sticking in a bad domestic relationship, but essentially in that situation, you're okay. putting yourself in a bad situation. Sure. Yeah. Right, right. And, you know, and, domestic it, violence it, isn't good and depression no. adding on top of it. Right, you know, sometimes right. Sometimes women don't get themselves out of that situation at right. time when right. they really need help. Very powerful. Very therapeutic when you write a song Absolutely. And, and, and transcend beyond that. I like to send a message. Right. Or make people cry. One of the two. Well, those are good things. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes crying is good. It's exactly. cleansing. It's cleansing. And, yeah. and, and to have someone hear the song like that and know they're not alone. Yes. And that exactly. is, that's a great message. And that's, that's, as artists, that's what we do. We make, we make people laugh. We make them cry. Make them feel good. So tomorrow night, you guys are going to be at Rustic. Rustic Road. Rustic yeah. Road Rustic downtown. Road. Good from stuff. Like 8 to 11 p.m. Yeah. I love their uh, Hazelnut Harvest. That is a very it good is, beer. It is my favorite beer by Rustic Road. You might see me tomorrow night, actually. We just yeah. filmed We just filmed an episode of 262 Eats over that's going to be coming out in a couple of weeks. And I, I, I say oh, it, right. was, it, was, it, was a, it was a fun experience. We, we, we liked it. I've been there a few times and mm-hmm. love the beer. Yeah. I just love beer. Well, after this break, we're going to talk Mick Jagger. Uh, we're going to talk North Korea, and um, we're going to have a little fun on Get Real with Ralph. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. 
We're 4Imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts BAG11 to 88988. At 4Imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting BAG11 to 88988. That's BAG11 to 88988. Connect to this radio station from all across the country. Take us to the gym, shopping. How about a road trip? Listen to us now on the free iHeartRadio app. You'll never miss a moment with your favorite radio station. Download the free iHeartRadio app and search for this station so we can go wherever you want us to. Hey, Ralph Nudie here, host of Get Real with Ralph, and also part of the success team at EXP Realty. Our company is licensed in all 50 states, and I specialize in southeastern Wisconsin. If you're looking to buy a home, sell a home, want to know what your home is worth, want to know what your friends are looking at, you can just go to our website, 262kenoshahomes.com. Go ahead and register. You can search the entire internet, find out what your house is worth, and the only person you'll hear from is me. That's 262kenoshahomes.com. Are you looking for the hottest places to have a dinner date or the coolest places to grab a drink and appetizers with friends? Well, 262 Eats has it all. 262 Eats is a local food show that features the best the area has to offer. Watch Ralph Nudie as he samples the food, interviews the owners, and takes you inside and behind the scenes of the favorite places of locals and travelers alike. Be sure to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel to win prizes, gift certificates, and get special discount offers. That's 262 Eats. And we're back in the studios on Get Real with Ralph on AM 1050 WLIP and GetRealWithRalph.com. A little bit of boss there for the upcoming Independence Day. Who doesn't love the boss? You know, yeah, it's definitely keep it playing, though. I'll bet you Bruce Springsteen didn't need any male enhancement pills. Unfortunately... I don't know if the male enhancement pill company realizes that my audience doesn't need male enhancement pills either because they've got me to tell them what's up, and that's more exciting. That that gets people so jazzed up. They can take the blue chew or the green pill or the yellow pill or whatever it is and just toss it away. Does, that, does this have to deal with uh, Mick Jagger that we're talking about? Here? Well, you know what? Mick Jagger... I don't know if he's doing a little too much of the blue pill or what, but, you know, they, they there was a picture of his son posted on the Internet and it said, has the lips like Jagger, which made me laugh. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, I read the article and it said that Mick Jagger's two-year-old son has lips that look just like him. And I, wait, I said, whoa, Mick Jagger has a two-year-old son? He's 76 years old. Oh, he's got wow. a two-year-old son? Wow. <clears throat> Damn. Ladies and gentlemen, just listen to some stones. You won't need a blue pill, hopefully. A couple things about, and Bruce, the boss didn't need one either. One of, a little known fact about Bruce Springsteen, that he was uh, praised by Dr. Ruth Westheimer. 
I don't know if any of you remember Dr. Ruth back Ooh. in the day. Oh. Who, who yeah. can forget Dr. Ruth? Oh, I used to listen. I think it was on WLIP at like 10 at night on Sundays. I used to like climb underneath the covers with my little radio. I didn't want my parents to know that I was listening to that dirty, dirty, That dirty was before stuff. Loveline came out. Oh, that was before Dr. Drew and all that jazz. Absolutely. But yeah, Mick Jagger's got a two-year-old kid. 76? 76. Wow. Yeah. God bless him. Hey, it's the uh, 4th of July coming up, and uh, you want to take a couple of minutes to honor everybody who has served our country. So I want to thank all of you veterans. Uh, I served during a time of peace, and uh, I'm grateful that I had the opportunity. And I thank all my brothers and sisters that served alongside of me in time of peace, and I really thank those that served during times of conflict because your your price, your sacrifice was was just a little bit more than the rest of ours. You had to endure things we didn't. And um, I also want to send a special thank you to anybody uh, who is currently serving. My my son Brent is listening right now from down in Florida. He is in the United States Navy. Uh, all of you that have sons and daughters that have decided in this generation, you know, the so-called snowflake generation to actually serve our country, I just want to say how proud you should be of your son or daughter for serving our country. You know, it, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And uh, there is something special about being in the armed forces during this time of year. You just have this different sense of pride when you're, you know, when you're, when you're currently wearing the uniform. You know what? Brent's a good kid. We, uh, we used to coach him in football. Oh, that's right. You and, did coach him in football. And we did Oklahoma drills. By the way, you can't do those anymore. Oklahoma drills. Yeah. What, what, what are Oklahoma drills? You basically, I mean, lay down and then you blow the whistle. They both get up and they smash. Oh each other. yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Those and are, uh, I guess they outlawed that or something. But um, yeah, man, Brent was tough, and now he's in the uh, Navy. Wow, serving his country. Yeah, cool. absolutely. So uh, again, all of those that have a member of your family serving, or if you've served, very grateful for that. Thank you very much. And in the news, of course, uh, the president is the first U.S. president ever to set foot in North Korea. Did you see that, Jim? I did see that. What do you think of that? I was watching it live at about 3 in the morning. It's history. It is definitely, you know, remember that movie Team America World Police came out? and uh, (laughs) No, I don't. They made all that fun of, uh, of, uh, that was was Kim Jong-il, I think they made fun of him, if I remember correctly. Not but, mean, uh, but ill. Yeah, and here we are, just a probably about ten short years later, and uh, we've got presidents wandering into, uh, wandering into North wandering Korea. Wandering into us, you make it sound like, oh, where am I? <laughs> they oh, took I'm ten in steps. And... I'm in North Korea. Ooh, it's actually very nice, very nice. <laughs> it's huge. It's huge, huge. It was funny. Huge. It was Trump kept on backslapping him. You see that? He was oh, kept on yeah. smacking him on the back. Was he choking on something? <laughs> How you doing? He looked like the skipper, and uh, and Kim looked like Gilligan. How you doing there, little buddy? <laughs> hey, you're gonna take yeah. those. You're gonna get rid of those nukes, right? <laughs> skipper. Yeah, that was good. That's oh man. Hilarious. Oh, can you imagine with a Korean accent, Gilligan yelling "skipper"? It looked more like Fantasy Island. And the thing is, the thing is, Gilligan. Oh my God, Deep Lane. Kim Jong Un was more like the Fantasy Island guy, and Trump was like the old. You know, the either old way, whether Trump is Mr. Rourke <laughs> and looks. Kim is Tattoo, or yeah, if they're tattoo. Gilligan and Skipper, you know what they're waiting for? They're waiting for, they're waiting for Marianne and Ginger. Oh yeah, uh, who isn't? Absolutely. You know, Marianne was. I like Marianne better than Ginger. 
He did why? It's a lot of people like that. The more uh, more wholesome type of yeah, you know. Yeah. She had the pigtails girl next door. Yeah. Speaking of girls she, she next looks like door. She looks like she could chug a beer, you know. <laughs> yeah, she could just hang out. Speaking right. of girls next door, I have to give a, a special shout out to a girl who is within my door, and that would be my wife, because today we are celebrating 12 years of marriage. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Congratulations, yeah. man. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't need no stinking uh, Ginger and Marianne, honey, I got you. Just for the, you know, for just for the record, I forgot to have Jim put "I Got You, Babe" on the playlist, but maybe another time. Another time. Well, you can sing it to her later. But twelve years—that goes by so fast. Yeah, it's a blip. We're not here too long. This whole life is a blip. All of a sudden, you wake up one day and you realize you're on the back nine, and you're like, oh, "I'm <laughs> just getting warmed up." What do you mean I'm on the back nine? Well, we got global warming. You know, we got to worry about that. Yeah. Well, we've got a Climate lot of change. It's a blip. Oh yeah, climate change. Climate change. Right. So you're investing in horses, huh? Yeah, I had one run today. Uh, beaten favorite, ran fourth, disappointed. It got claimed. Really? So somebody bought him in the race, and uh, you know that's the game. The name of your horse was Beaten Favorite. No, oh. <laughs> no, he was the favorite, and he got beat. Oh, well, maybe. <laughs> you can, maybe you can. Maybe you can name your next horse Beaten Favorite. That'll yeah. really. Uh... <laughs> I was like, that is a, you'll talk about just like, that's, that's like that Captain Obvious commercial, just calling it out I there. don't think that'll go Beaten well, favorite. Con- considering everything that's gone on in mm. California. What's gone in Cal- What's gone in, in California? Oh, you haven't been aware. Um, all the horses. Right. Santa of, Anita. A lot of deaths. One of the trainers that I used to have out there, Jerry Hollendorfer, mm-hmm. actually got ruled off the track. Really? So he can no longer train there, and... Um, New York said, hey, we'll take you. And then they turned around and said, no, we don't want you. Hmm. So he must have been doing something wrong. Wow. And I. Now, how many horses uh, were died? No, what, ex- what exactly happened? There? There, I know I, I, it I, happens. Um, but what happened is there were more than usual in a shorter period, short okay. period of time. Gotcha. So, OK. All right. Um, you know, the Breeders' Cup is there this year. There's mm. a lot of pressure to do something. And OK. Uh, Jerry must have been putting together some cocktails, some illegal ah, uh, juice. Mm, yeah, they must have caught him. Now, how did you how did you ever get into horses in the first place? Family members or yeah, did you my just... grandfather. You know, really took us to the track. He used to uh, read the racing form at the kitchen table, and I mean, he had his bifocals. He had about five different colored uh, pen pencils and pens, and marking it up. And I'm I was always watching him. I'm like, wow, what's he doing? And uh, mm. then he'd go to the track and, you know, win a lot of money. And, and The only track I ever spend any time at, is, as has you and has Jim, is the, the dog track. Because I think we all have that in common. We all worked there at one point in time, right? Did well, you I it? never worked there, oh, you, but I lived on the second floor. Uh, this you, you, were, you, you were just a uh, fixture there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Jim used to I give spent us a little, famous, spent a little time there. His famous. Come on, give it to us, Jim. Oh, no, it's not going to happen. Oh, you're not going to give us a here comes Barney. Happen. Oh, no. please. It's not going to happen. You pretend that microphone is a little bull I used to around. get people all the time, uh, you know, go out afterwards and, hey, say here comes Barney. And I got Here tired comes of Barney and they're off. I got real tired of doing it. I know. And I was just kind of like, well, you know what? I figured out that every time I say that, I get paid. Oh, really? You know, well, because I'm on the job. Wow. You know, so I just kind of did it that way. So people thought I was pretentious yeah. or this or that. I, oh, yeah, I'm just like tired maybe of I saying could, that. You know, but you buy me a drink and, you know. Maybe we could revive that. It'd turn you into like the new Ed McMahon and you'd be like, here's Ralphie. I don't know. That's yeah. pretty, that would no, sound pretty that's corny. Not I don't yeah. be too corny. <laughs> that's not going to work. <laughs> in, in, in serious news. <laughs> no, We that's shot not that down work. quick. Bang. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done. 
In fact, I, I think I got a sound effect for that one. Too. You do. Let's hear it. Well, hang on here. Let me. Let's see it. Uh, let's, let's pull it up. Uh, that we, idea. We gotta be, we gotta that, be careful. That, sound effects. I don't want to sound like that, that, that other wacko. That, that idea is. That pretty much summed that up. All right, no, no here, no here's Ralphie. All right, that's fine. Did you um maybe did, on your birthday? Did you catch that we uh we lost a couple uh, diving off Lake Michigan uh, this last weekend? No, we did. I yeah. missed it. How did, how did I miss that? A husband and wife from Illinois both died after a driving incident. Uh, or I'm sorry, diving incident Lake Michigan right off the coast. Uh, apparently, it was a 53 year old woman and. Um, her 53-year-old husband, James and Susan Wynn, and uh, they were doing a dive with their uh, buoyancy suit on, and something went wrong, and they were uh, they were both found off the coast of South Milwaukee on Friday night. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. You don't... They're experienced divers. Right. Yeah. yeah. They're experienced... Does it show you anything can happen? Any, yeah. you, Lake Michigan scares the... Mm -hmm. It has always scared the bejeebers out of me. I mean, I, I would take my chances in an ocean before I would... Uh, before I'd ever want to do any of that. Yeah, there's more buoyancy in the ocean, right? Because of the salt water. Because of the salt. I mean, I'm not a professional yeah. on this topic yeah. or nothing, but that's what I've heard. Yeah, so it's, uh, you, you have to, I, maybe they didn't have enough of a wetsuit. Maybe the temperature is too cold because I know if the temperature, you know, Lake Michigan, if you just go in there with maybe an eight mil wetsuit, that might not even be enough. You might need a dry suit. That water temperature gets really, really cold. I if, wonder if they've done more ocean stuff mm. and then instead of lake diving hmm. and then they weren't used to it. Me with water, I just bathe and drink. That's it. Yeah, you know. Me too. <laughs> Don't get in a boat at all, really too much. But yeah, that's that's terrible. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame. And um, of course, Joe Biden stepped in it again. Did you guys hear about his little uh, gay waiter comment at the uh, Pride Weekend fundraiser? You know, I heard something about it, and I can hear exactly because I, I don't. You know, the Seven Eleven one always gets me. When he talked about that guy at the Seven oh, Eleven, this guy just—he's the—he he should have been in stand-up comedy instead yeah, of uh, politics mm -hmm. because, uh, he, I mean, he's got some one-liners, but just like easy, dude. You can't—you can't do oh, that it, when it's, you're. It's the old guard. It's the old, you know, the the, the 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 people are looking at the you know old white man, you know, you know, politician. You know, I will say, I thought he—I uh, mean, whatever. I was watching the debates, and I—I I really thought that he. Uh, was kind of treated harshly by mm -hmm. the other candidates up there. Well, I mean, of course calling he is. him a he's, racist. And, he's not part of their, he's not you know, part he's of not their, a racist, just like Donald Trump's not a racist. Dude. Listen, this is all, a, this is just, grand, this is just a politics. It's theatrics. Mm. It's theater. That's all it is. It's yeah. all it's it it's ever been. And the only reason that we have the guy that we have right now is because he did a better job at that theater. Right. He did. He, 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 he disrupted. Mm -hmm. And a disruptive business model whether it be in politics or in industry, disruptive works. It's he, he took their playbook. He took the salt, not to the extreme, mm -hmm. but he took their playbook and he stood it on his head. And he went to the states where, you know, the yeah. Hillary never went to. Yeah, uh, if she went to Wisconsin and, and Michigan, it could have been different. Right, could have been different. Yeah, but, you just you don't you just don't know. But of course, uh, you've you've been pretty. Politically active over the last, uh, well, me and you were on the campaign for mayor with uh, Pat Moran. Oh my gosh, can you believe how long ago that, that was, was already? Eleven That's, years ago. That was oh eight. Yeah, boy, mm. have I learned a lot since then. Man, and that was fun. You know, it was getting involved in the process is always fun. 
mm-hmm. always if you if you let it be. Uh, it sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard not to get swept up in in the in the moment though and get carried away. And that's what seems to keep happening right now in this country is the pendulum swings back and forth and people get swept up in it. Mm-hmm. Nobody stops to just say let's. Let's do some things that you know they won, and right away they want to they want to completely kill off their their opponent, and then it swings back the other way, and the same thing happens. And that is not that's not how we started doing things. You know, we used to actually have discussion, and people could sway each other, and you would have at least some sort of you know, reaching across the aisle. You just don't see it anymore. After the debates, do, who do you think is going to be the front runner? After, do you think Biden's going to still hang on because he's got the money from the big machine, or is You've, somebody going to pop up? You've got two tracks going there. You have the, the you have the old guard. You have the super. And here's the other thing: we we're talking about the gerrymandering case before right. about how gerrymandering isn't fair, and the Supreme Court just basically threw it back to the state legislatures and Congress to change the rules because they're, they're not fair, but it's not the way of the court. Well, similarly, the Democratic Party has super delegates. Yeah, that's so weird. They're, they have a lot of weight. They have a lot of clout in how the decisions are made. And people don't realize that if you have all of them, you really don't need that much in the way of primaries if you're in that party. The party bosses can install somebody as a candidate much more easily in the Democratic Party than they can in the GOP because of how, because of how that's stacked. And those people, their job isn't to figure out who they like is to figure out who they think is going to put keep them in power that's all that's all they care about i can't remember what state it was it's about picking a winning horse they're handicapping right the super delegates are handicapped well that's my point um i think bernie won a state forgot which one maybe it was new york one of the other ones and beat hillary but he lost the super delegate vote yes he won the popular vote in that state but lost the super delegate yes and and that's and that's only a Democrat thing, Republican. Our, our entire happen. system, everybody thinks we live, and this is so infuriating, everybody thinks we live in a democracy. We don't, and with good reason, democracies fail. Right. All right? So do dictatorships. We're a republic. And- we're a republic. And what that means is that we're going to, and that means the government closest to the people is one that's supposed to have the most power. And we keep instead abdicating and giving more power to a, a, a federal government, which is like, it's feeding a monster. I don't care what party's in charge. I don't care who's doing what. At a certain point in time, us as people, we have an animal-like instinct to protect our own, protect ourselves, protect our position. And if you're in a position of power, holding on to that position of power will, in time, become more important than right or wrong because people will rationalize, well, if I'm not in power, I can't do any good Term limits. Hmm. Yes. Please. There's an unintended consequence for that, too, though. Well, we're, we have it at the executive branch. I mean... Sure, but the executive branch is different, and I'll tell you why. The president of the United States, for the most part, is a position where you're not really overly influenced by a specific individual or group of people on your team. You pick who's on your team, and you're going to set the agenda. Do you know how most work gets done in Congress? By whom? Fill me in. Staffers. Okay. All right. So when a freshman congressman or a freshman senator comes in, their staffers take that new member 
of Congress under their wing and guide them through the process and write their legislation for them and so on and so forth and decide which lobbyists are going to meet with that uh, congressman or senator, which ones aren't. They're setting their agenda. They are even everything they're getting information is passing through the lens of those staffers. Now, if you've got a certain amount of gravitas, let's say you're a, a four-term senator, right, from the South, because the Southern states are always smart about keeping the same person in power. You're not going to let some staffer tell you how you're going to run your office, right? right? Now you've got term limits. What happens is the constant ends up being the unelected. The constant ends up being the staffer. The constant ends up being the bureaucracy. And the people have less power as a result. But what happens when you have Nancy, Mitch, you know, these guys, Joe? You Correct. have these guys in there for 30 years? Correct. And I'm not saying that term limits shouldn't be in place. I'm saying you have to always be aware of the unintended consequences. You brought up, you brought up the lobbyists. What about campaign finance reform? Yeah, tried that. I mean, I mean, it's uh, we tried that. We we tried it. We tried it, and it made the problem worse. Okay. Here, we have to pay much more attention to our antitrust laws and make them stronger. We've got to make these companies smaller, more accountable, and a little bit weaker. Okay. We can't have Google picking our president. We can't have Facebook, Amazon, Google, all now being the filter that all information is passed through. Well, just wait till we get quantum, uh, quantum like robotics and physics and stuff like that moving in. Don't even get me started. I I could do an entire episode on AI. It wouldn't be enough time. Google's. It would. would, Don't even. Don't even go on to AI. It's gonna be like Skynet. Vote for this guy. Well, Google is starting to look a little like Skynet. Yeah, that's that's my point. <laughs> I keep coming back to it, but this is scary stuff, folks. Now, Skynet's from Terminator. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the listeners out there, oh, everybody knows Skynet. who Skynet is, well, right? Sarah Parker. <laughs> Sarah Connor. Parker. Connor. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, Sarah, I'm thinking Jessica Sarah Jessica Parker. Parker. Yeah. Well, she's that'd be cute. a nice little mix. She's you, you know, Sex in the City and the Terminator all you know, in one. Sarah, Sarah Connor or uh, Linda. What's her name? Linda Hamilton. No, she looked a little rough on the preview. No, she's uh, got I mean, lesser though. Yeah, you know, I mean, she's she's physically looking good, but right. uh, well, she's. I wonder if she got too much in her in her sixties now much and stuff. So there, huh? I mean, is she okay? Yeah, she's in her sixties, so she's not a well, spring Suzanne chicken anymore. Summer's in her sixties. Yeah, well, that's yeah. different. They made they made the funny thing is they, she ages and her lips money don't. different ways. <laughs> Suzanne Summers age her whole face ages except for her lips. They just stick straight out. They 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 just stand with the collagen. She must have had so much collagen oh injected into them. Have you that, have you you know not changing? I guess we're changing subjects a little bit here. <laughs> that's all right. But, but, but Melanie Griffith. Oh, oh my God! Well, what? she went under the knife what, and did something. What, what happened, man? You know, like, you know who else got messed mm-hmm. up? Um, the other blonde that I get mixed up with, Millie, she was in You Got Mail. Oh, that's uh, Meg Ryan. Meg oh, Ryan. Oh, yeah. What happened yeah. to her? Oh, I don't Jesus. know. Jesus. I don't know. The doctors weren't that great. I mean, or, you know, some just don't want to stop these surgeries Well, Donald as well. Trump was friends with Michael Jackson, and he said, I mean, man, he, he just yeah, they're like he the, went insane. These women have suddenly mm-hmm. become like the female versions of Mickey Rourke. I mean, did you ever see what happened yeah. to that dude's well, he face? Went, he but, went to box and got messed up, and yeah. then he tried to correct it, and he just got addicted to plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess it's like getting ink done, right? Like, let me just get some more uh, more 
Botox, more lipo, right. more of this. Well, I don't know, but, but Michael Jackson heard he wanted to look like Peter Pan or something. That was his deal. Yeah, he, uh, poor guy. You know, he was controlled as a young kid and well, you know, and didn't it, have a childhood. You know, and, and the same thing happened in the end that happened like Elvis. That happened with Prince, well, actually, Elvis too. Got, he know? blew up like a balloon and got hooked oh. on, uh, what was he doing at the end there? Uh, pretty much anything. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about Prince, really, out, Great of, musician, all, out of all of them, mm-hmm. is that the guy was so anti-drug use. The mm-hmm. guy was so anti even drinking alcohol. This was not, a, you know, he, this guy did not right. fit the stereotypical right. sex, drugs, and rock and did roll. Did we get the story on exactly what it, happened? It, yeah, it was it, it prescription that he was on. Remember, before he died, they had to do an emergency landing in his, of his plane in Iowa. Okay. Like a week before he died. So it was just a prescription. He had these doctors kept giving him a prescription. Same thing with Michael. You know, same thing happened with Elvis. Basically, was they kept giving, you know, they got these doctors, these people that are around them, these these blood suckers. You know, doctors, uh, they got to stop prescribing like uh, no. painkillers, pain oh, yeah. medicine. Like there's the, another uh, example. There's, a, there's, there's, oh, another, there's another there's another example show we can, opiates of big no, it's big companies yeah. setting the agenda yeah, for like our pharma. country. Yeah, these big co- these big companies mm. are more powerful than than the people in the government. They're the ones who are funding the campaigns. Mm-hmm. Everything, if you want to know what's going on, follow the money. Wasn't there a bill that was just passed or a piece of legislation that was uh, written up and Trump signed it recently about uh, prescription drugs? I thought I saw it about a week or two ago. Hmm. Which, which I I forgot the name of the program. There's a lot of things that have been Well, you know, happening, it's, it's the pricing of, of, the, of these pills, too. I mean, you know, I the, think they topped crazy. off insulin. I think they're, they're topping that off in some states. You can't charge. Well, you yeah, diabetes. Yeah, because pe- people are, are, well, are, you know, spreading it out a little bit, not mm-hmm. giving, you know, and they're, people are dying. Well, they have, because that, they they have, that, they have that EpiPen situation where the, they were charging, I mean, the amount was almost like, like price gouging, like mm-hmm. you're dying, you're going to pay any price. I mean, that was how much they were charging for these EpiPens in some, mm-hmm. in some cases. Right. It's insane. Absolutely insane. So maybe we should take a break, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. When we come back, we're going to talk a little more music and a few more current events and uh we're gonna say happy birthday to america one last time sounds great nice Little bit of the Godfather there. Godfather soul, living in America, man. Telling us all about it, living in America. Is it Rocky Four? Oh that? yes, yeah. Rocky Four. Rocky Four. And then Apollo Creed died. Yeah, it's a sad that's day right. for me. Yeah. Yeah. God bless the '80s, man. '80s were the best. I was just saying that when we we're in that second break. Mm-hmm. The '80s were the last real era for us. It was before that stupid idiot Al Gore invented the internet, which ruined our lives. Mm-hmm. You might, have, yeah. You I know, you and you know what happened was real. Oh, 
You know, in the news, I read an article this last week. This could almost go under, like, the stupid story of the week. Okay. But um, the psychiatrist did a study, or psychologist, I don't know, whatever. Watching your old favorite TV shows has some psychological benefits. I could believe it. Yeah. I used to watch uh, Growing Pains. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to watch, uh, well, hell, Mr. Belvedere. They're mm-hmm. saying that watching all those old shows, you know, Golden Girls, Seinfeld, all those shows that we're familiar with mm-hmm. actually helps reduce anxiety. I believe that. Absolutely. It's a comfort zone. Yeah. You it just puts you in a comfort back, zone. You, you kind of get back in and, and identify with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? Peter Brady I'm, could help me get over my panic attack. Love the Brady Bunch. <laughs> love the Brady Bunch. So, uh, you know, and that's when comedy was mm-hmm. was pure and funny and well, you, you, it was a little more innocent. You take a look at the subject matter of the older shows. I mean, they're pretty light, mm-hmm. you know. What's the biggest thing? Well, Marsha got hit in the nose with a football. Now, now Doug Simpson <laughs> won't ask her out, you yeah. know, because something suddenly came up. I mean, different things like that. I think a lot of it changed when the times changed. Like in the late '60s, and when as soon as All in the Family, Norman Lear comes out, and, and they're touching on subjects that nobody really that talked was about so before. So beautifully written, though. Oh, I it mean, was fantastic. I mean, Archie Bunker really shed light on that, you yeah, know, bigotry. That, you know, that blue collar, closed-minded, yeah, bigoted guy who really with a, with, with a heart of gold, with a heart of that really had his, would repeat a mm-hmm. bunch of stuff that was nonsensical and hurtful, but at his core was a good human being. Yeah, I mean, you know, and when him and 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 George Jefferson. Squared off. Yeah. And George Jefferson was the African-American version of Archie, basically. Yeah. Right. And he got his own show. And he has, yeah. It, I mean, it, Norman Lear it poked with all fun. these shows. It poked fun at small-mindedness in yeah. a way that it wasn't hateful. Right. It was like, oh, Dad, he's just, you know, and the, you know, we all have that uncle that, I mean, mm-hmm. we were just talking about Joe Biden. He is that uncle, right? We all have got that relative that mm-hmm. says stuff that's cringeworthy, but you know in their heart they don't really mean no. they're decent no. people. No, no, Well, those people are being demonized now, so you might as well tar and feather them. Well, that's, you know, being... A man in his a white man in his fifties. Sometimes I stop short of really giving my opinion on, on some subjects. Yeah, because sure, because I I will be labeled as you know. Yeah, what do you know? Yeah, what do I mean, you know about? I'm, I'm like, hey, I, I've been around hey. over five decades hey, now. I, I don't know I, about I, you, I, but you know, I, I want to know. I got a good idea what's going on in the world here, and I have an opinion that you know I want to you know uh, tell younger people about. I want to, you know, not so much teach them or preach mm-hmm. to them, but I want to, th- you know, I want to drop some, drop some wisdom, some knowledge on them. So speaking of comedy, you got a little comedy group. Yes. Uh, over our head improvisers, over our head players in Racine with the Sixth Street Theater. Yep. We have uh, an improv show coming up, and it's going to be in a couple weeks now, uh, July 18th, 19th, and 20th. Then again, the following weekend. Uh, Thursday through through Saturday. Okay, uh, July twenty fifth, twenty sixth, and twenty seventh. We'll make eight, sure that eight, gets... eight p.m. Ten bucks to get in. We'll make sure it's like that whose line our... is it anyway type of stuff. We're gonna play some of those games and some musical games and a lot of fun. Folks, we're going to make sure that that's on our YouTube description, and uh, we're now we're now making Tumblr polls for each episode with our nice. with our uh, resource materials. When we're talking about the serious mm-hmm. stuff and the links mm-hmm. to the fun stuff, and right. I'll make sure that we get linked to uh, yeah, to that you. show this yeah. week and next week. And so, you're going to bring the gang on next. I'm going to bring uh, a couple of gang in here uh, next week. And uh, if you want to go more information on tickets, if people want to get tickets in advance, they can do so at Over Our Head Players. That's Over Our Head Players dot org. 
there'll be a link to it to check it out. Cool. It's a summer show there. I do a lot of shows at Sixth Street Theater, a real good bunch of fun. Uh, and, and they do a lot of uh, cutting-edge comedy type of stuff, too. So, well, yeah, you know, if, if you like, I, I like laughing, you like laughing. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't like to laugh? I, I, love, I, I love making people laugh and enjoy themselves, forget about their troubles. Yeah, it, I put all the barriers. That's mm-hmm. what comedy used to do. It's gotten away from it. I think that there's been a pushback from the artistic community, mm-hmm. finally, to say, listen, no, this is, this is just being funny. Yeah. And I can see the pushback starting to happen, which I think is going to be good culturally. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, may, it may open the dialogue for some real conversation. I agree. And it really does. And, you know, and I, I'm working with a lot of younger people, too, which is which is fantastic. Cause we, you know, it's it's so much fun to feed off their energy. And, you know, because I went down to Second City. I was down in Second City wow. a, a few years back and in a writing course. And everyone, everyone, that was almost twice the age as everyone did you <laughs> else learn, in the class. Did you learn a lot? I learned a lot. I mean, I was already writing for uh, comedy comedy groups at that time. And I just want some clarification on some some things. I don't call it a bucket list thing too. I want to go down there. I got the I got the capital to do it. So I'm like I go there every Sunday and take these classes. And I could have done it online, but I really wanted to get on a train, go down there, experience it, go into the mecca of 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 Second City, and just learn the different techniques of writing. And it was so great that our group. You get together and, and you do all these workshops, and then and then you put a show on. You cast it, you write it, and then put a show on at Second City. So then I had a fistful of uh, sketches uh, afterwards because because you had assignments, you know, all these different types of uh, sketches that you wrote. And I put it on a show here in Kenosha. Wow, and that's, that's awesome! I've, I've, I've written two shows in Kenosha so far, and when I'm in the process of writing another one too. I used to go to Zanies and uh, Vernon Hills. Vernon Hills, yeah. 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 That's the first time anymore. I did stand-up. That, that's a good there. stand-up club. And um, I yeah, saw not... Gilbert uh, Godfrey. Gil- yeah, did you? Okay. Yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't I, don't know know I, could, I don't know if I could handle a, a live show of Gilbert. I could barely handle him on Hollywood Squares. Yeah, he was all over the place. It was funny. Was... His, his stand-up is, is, is real funny. Yeah. He's uh he's very dirty. Too. Who was the other guy yeah, that had that voice? Very dirty. Who was that other guy that had that crazy voice like you? Uh, that was uh Bobcat Goldthwait. Oh my goodness, that guy! I could, you know, I had laugh for about the first five jokes, and then mm-hmm. I just couldn't handle it. Did huh? he uh, get in trouble for something? Was it a you know, Me Too I, thing? I, I'm not sure. I know. They all I, know they yeah, I know he he does a lot of different things. He's still he's still. Well, I know there. Louis C.K. got in trouble. Oh Louis C.K. I mean, that was too bad. Yeah, that was really too bad. That. uh that that happened, mm-hmm. that that he did that, right? You know, because he really had something really good. And um, then, uh, it's it's easy with comedy though to walk up to a line and then just you step over it and your career is gone. It's like standing, it's like stepping on a landmine. Like Michael Richards, what Michael yeah, Richards did, bring him yeah, up. Michael Richards did, and you know, and just because you're on TV and you do things doesn't mean you can't say things like that, yeah. especially if you're not. Well, you if know, it's, it's not if technically it's funny, a stand-up comedian. Yeah, if it's funny, it's funny, but right. you know, it, it really wasn't funny. It, no, you know what I mean. I, I look at that sketch now, looking back, and I think to myself, I know that he meant it differently than no, it came out. He, yeah, yeah, he was, he was, he was, rip, he was like, rip, he was ripping with the, you know, oh, there's blank in the room, right, with, with like that, he was trying guy. to make them all laugh at themselves and at each other, and it didn't well, I come think out that, that goes way. back to the point that he was was not an established stand-up comedian. Okay. You know, there wasn't a precedent of, of what he's done More of on a stage. Guy. Yeah, he's a sitcom guy, and he's a very funny guy, great actor, um, and he's like, well, I'm going to do stand-up. You know, I mean, God bless. I mean, I've I've done stand up on and off for eighteen years, and it's not easy to get up there. You gotta have and, a lot of courage to get yeah, up there, and you know, to do that, 
And if he's, you know, he, I don't think he had that following where when you go to that show, you think that might happen, you know. So, and then he was trying to be funny. He was trying to say, oh, this is going to be blah, 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 blah. And it, yeah. But. Um, so you're going to come on next week. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get things going. Uh, and, but, and, and we'll uh, we'll do some word games and, and things as such. That's a lot of fun. And uh, I'm looking forward to you. Making me laugh. Can you see the, the corners of my mouth being turned up now? Oh, that's, that's <laughs> no pressure there. And of course, we have uh, we have another musical guest next week. We uh, you know we're going to be rolling with the musical guests. I think through August we have completely booked. Nice. In September, we'll have this up on the website by the end of this week. September twenty eighth, we are going to be doing a charity music festival mm. for Operation Underground Railroad. You have heard me if you listened to this show speak about uh, human trafficking is really being a cause that I'm passionate about helping eradicate this planet. And so we have organized a music festival. Uh, Betsy and the Well-Known Strangers are actually mm-hmm. going to headline it. And that is going to be on the 28th of September from noon all the way to 10 o'clock at night at Pinoyer Park. That's where the band show is mm, awesome. for those of you that are down here. And we're just getting sponsors lined up. But it's going to be yeah. a fantastic. We have four or five different food, oh, food all day, two stages. I just love the fact that they're really doing a lot of things down at that band show. That yeah. band show sat empty for a long time. I mean, the pops, they still do their, their you know, pops I, concert. I don't think people just have the vision to do the things that, mm. that they're finally doing with the entire lake front, all of it. Right. You know, from you know the peanut butter and jam thing that mm-hmm. got started all the way to the harbor market to mm-hmm. the band show. No, you know, we've, had a, we've had a little renaissance in, mm-hmm. in the downtown Kenosha area. And if you're not from kenosha but you're in the listening area and you want to check something out on a saturday go check out a lakefront uh, yeah in the Come summer to kenosha months and, and kenosha it's is starting to do more uh, the cultural things because when i started doing comedy and, and and acting and things as such i'm going down to chicago all the time i'm going to milwaukee i got tired of going back and forth back and forth until you know you started doing some things in town uh like uh, there's some comedians in town that uh have an open mic once a month and they're doing different shows now, these younger comedians, and they're doing a great job at it. And I commend them for, you know, organizing it all and, and you know, and doing a lot of social media with it and doing, you know, their own channels and things as such. I mean, it takes it takes a lot of work to get those put together. Well, and if, if you're going to do anything, say, well, there's nothing to do. I really like to see a sketch comedy show. Well, you have to do it yourself. That's yeah. why I always tell people, just do it yourself. Produce it yourself. Like when we do the burlesque shows. You know, it's like we got to do it ourselves, and and we got a machine now, and, and we do it. Now, how often are you doing those? Uh, I'm, I'm in all of them. I, I see it and I pr- co-produce it. We've done six of them, and it doesn't. It's whenever the theater is is available, and there's so many moving parts to it too, because we got like seven band members. Then we got to get the dancers together. Then we got to bring David Seabock down to do magic and make sure it fits in with his schedule. And it's a it's it's a monster to put together. But uh, people love it. They come out, and I, I get stopped all the time and ask, when's the next one? A couple of other things going on in the Kenosha area from the Kenosha area. Uh, there was a movie that was shot here two summers ago called The Fear of Looking Up. Uh, yeah. A Kenosha native, uh, Elizabeth Shook, is uh, married to a um, to a another director from Greece. They were living mm-hmm. in England. I think they just moved to Canada. And they filmed that movie two years ago. It is a, um, it is a psychological cop thriller with a huge paranormal twist to it. Was that the one with women, you know, it's a trailer? It is, that's, yes. that's my friend Kim. 
Well, tr- uh, and she's a, she's amazing. She she's in she's in my comedy group and, and things as such. Kim, the lady that's in that scene. Yeah, yeah. There, there's Kim a lot Eamer. of there's there's quite a bit of local talent. They brought yeah. in this lady named Friday Chamberlain to play the main part, mm-hmm. and uh, she's uh, she's was in the last uh, Fast and Furious movie, and she's had some really small roles on some in some really big movies, and it you know she keeps getting on the verge of her career popping, and mm-hmm. I hope it does because she's a talented lady. Right. But uh, two of my sons are in that movie. Oh, nice. And. Oh, wow. um, my uh, my now eleven year old and uh, he's got a speaking part. He's got a very creepy nice. part, and I didn't bother to read the script <laughs> until after I said yes. And when I got to that last day, I was a little nervous when I saw what he had to do in that scene. But the cool thing about it is, my son learned how those movies are put together, mm-hmm. and for him, it was just like all this blood on the wall, they're finger painting it, great. And so now anytime uh, a scene like that comes up in a movie, he's thinking about reverse engineering That's it fantastic. as opposed to thinking about the subject matter. Right, so right. it ended up being a really good thing. I catch myself sometimes looking at a scene thinking, oh, how they shoot this, what's the angle? That's the, all I Check do out the lighting on this, you know, plus the performances, obviously. Well, that brings me into, like, the original, well, not the original original, but the movie The Thing, John Carpenter's, mm-hmm. compared to the new one. Mm-hmm. The CGI kills movies. Yeah, it, it's, it's absolutely it, crazy. It, it takes the creativity away to, how do we make I this I can't watch happen? some of those movies. I can't watch Transformers. Yeah, it's Because terrible. it's like, zoop, 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 stop. Yeah. I mean, there's no plot. There's no, there's no story. It's all CGI. I've gotten Everything's done on green screens now. CGI is just, it's overkill. Too much. Yeah, yeah we've, we've gotten to the basics with our video series, you know, 262 Eats mm-hmm. and, and filming all these restaurants and doing some comedy bits for this show before it made it to radio that we would, would feed in there. And it's it's cool to get creative mm-hmm. and figure out ways to do it with all that, with all that CJ, CGI. 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 Can't even say it. What does that even stand for? Uh, computer graphics something. Okay. Well, we're coming to the close here, so I want to close this out by thanking everybody once again for tuning in uh, to the show. And if you're listening on the radio, you can go to GetRealWithRalph.com, and you can see clips from all the shows that we've done so far, small clips, full episodes. Uh, That's GetRealWithRalph.com. Also, be sure to check out my food review show, 262Eats. Go to 262Eats.com or go on. YouTube for that as well. Uh, we go through a bunch of restaurants here in town and just show people some of the mm-hmm. best places to eat in southeastern Wisconsin. My name is Ralph Nudie. I want to thank you one more time for tuning in to Get Real with Ralph. And please have a safe and wonderful 4th of July. Tomorrow all the things were gone I'd work for all my life And I had to start again With just my children and my wife I thank my lucky stars To be living here today Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away Men who died, who gave